You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. This morning, I'm, I'm really excited about the word. I'm always excited about the word. I, I don't think I've ever been here. I'm like, let's just get this thing. <laughs> you know, but I'm a little more excited this morning. <laughs> For the word of God, it's a word of encouragement, but more than anything, it's the word of life. Amen. And this morning, the Lord wants me to announce to you, to say to you, as individuals, I know I'm speaking to a whole bunch of people here, but I'm speaking to individuals. So take it, the word from God to you. And the word from God to you is that your mandate has not changed. He hasn't recalled you from duty. <laughs> Your mandate has not changed. Your mandate to your family, <laughs> your mandate to the city, your mandate to the world, it has not changed. And he wanted me to bring that to us this morning. And I want us to start by looking at Luke chapter 4, from verse, uh, verse 18, Luke 4, 18. Luke 4, 18. <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This mission of Jesus has not changed. It has not changed. He's still here. To heal the brokenhearted, amen. That assignment has not changed. It's not something he did 2,000 years ago and now he's doing new things. Because he said, behold, I do a new thing. But this mandate, to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel is being preached today through you and I. And through many others. It has not changed. That mandate hasn't changed. To heal the brokenhearted. I think now more than ever before, there's, you know, more people are brokenhearted. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on with people now than ever before. And he's still saying, I have not changed my mission to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. So anyone who is bound... Anyone who the enemy has held captive, Jesus' mandate or mission on this earth has not ended. Liberty is for those who are captive. I don't care the kind of captivity. We're speaking liberty. To proclaim, to, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There's a lot of oppression taking place right now. But he says, I'm still the one who came to set at liberty 
those who are oppressed. There's something about you understanding that that mandate has not changed. That mission has not changed. That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've been anointed and we're appointed. I want us to read Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 to 8. Matthew chapter 10, 5 to 8. So we started off by Jesus saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then verse 5, he says, Then, Jesus, then um, these twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter the city, a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lordship of the house of Israel. As you go, number one, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That mission has not changed. That mandate has not changed. Heal the sick. That mandate has not changed. Can someone say with me, that mandate has not changed. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Amen. Hallelujah. The mandate to heal, to deliver has not changed. I don't know what mandate God has given you because this is a general mandate. Amen. That we're all supposed to be carrying out. We're all supposed to be fulfilling. But I know that there are also personal mandates. There's some assignments callings that God has given to us and he wants me to remind you or to tell you this morning the mandate I gave to you I have not recalled you I have not said to you the mission is too hard come back You know, sometimes when you are, if, you've, if you know a bit about um, diplomacy, you know, diplomats and all of that being posted or assigned to a different country, and sometimes when there is some serious trouble there, sometimes they can be what? Recalled. They can be recalled. But God is saying, I didn't recall you. I have not said to you, that this that I asked you to do, you don't need to do it anymore. And he says, I should tell you that yes, there will be persecution. Because that's what he told the disciples. Amen. If we keep reading down, verse 16 says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. This is, to me, Interesting because, you know, it's like you saying to your child, I'm sending you out. You know, your sheep, your sheep, you know, you're gentle and all of that. But I want you to know that I'm sending you in the midst of wolves. It doesn't sound like something you would do, right? 
but you do it daily. Every day you dress your child and you say, all right, off to school you go. <laughs> You've sent that child out to a society that is like wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but beware of men. For they will deliver you up to the councils and scourge you in their synagogue. Please, the synagogue is not parliament, hey? The synagogue is a place of worship, isn't it? It says, I'm sending you out, and when I send you, even the people in church will scourge you. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. He says, but when they deliver you, do not worry about how or what you should say, for it will be given to you, uh, for it is not you who will speak and all of that. So you just keep reading. And you see that he's saying to you, your mandate has not ended because you are facing some tribulations. Your mandate has not ended because you are facing some challenges. And you know, when I was preparing for this message, I remembered my conversation. I remembered my conversation with a prevailing woman. A prevailing woman in this house. <laughs> and this prevailing woman was, she was going through some work challenges. You know, major stuff, not you know, bread and butter, small, uh -huh. <laughs> heavy things. And we had been talking, we had been in several conversations. And one of the last ones we had, it had gotten so serious, so hectic. It's like when you're also not sure if your life is, <laughs> if you're not in danger, you're following when the crowds have pushed up against you. And when that happened, when she was sharing and telling me, and, and my mind was going, hmm, I've seen this, I understand how they deal with people in this, you know, your position and all of that. I asked her a question. I said to her, so what do you want to do? Seeing how things are. What is your plan? What do you want to do? Because for me, I was like, if she says, I think I'm leaving, maybe this message is for me, hey? It is definitely for me, but it's also for you. <laughs> if she had said to me, I, I'm, I'm afraid, I, I don't know if, you know, they're all against me. And maybe I would have said, hmm, let us now pray for another job. Father, open new doors. We shake off the dust from this one, and we get into new ones. But she said to me, when I said to her, so what do you want? She says, that's where God put me. And, I, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I'm not saying exactly how she put it. She says, I'm not going anywhere. In the midst of the danger, in the midst of the fight, in the midst of everything that was coming against her, she said, I'm not going anywhere. I have an assignment here. I have an assignment. God sent me here. Do you know where God sent you? God sent me here. 
and I will be here to do what he has asked me to do. Only God can remove me. And then I said, I, I stand with you. Amen. I stand with you. That blessed me beyond words, even as the Lord was speaking to me and as I was preparing. To say that when I've given you a mission or given you a mandate of I've asked you to do something, it's not going to be without pressure. Am I speaking to someone? It's not going to be without persecution. It could be in your workplace. Oh, praise the Lord. The Lord has just blessed me with a fantastic new job. And I'm top, top, top. As I'm sitting here, there's some top, top people in the house. Come on, can I hear amen? Yeah. There's some big people, top people here. But you are not there and you think everyone who is around you is hailing you. Yeah, come on. We're so happy that you are positioned there. You're so happy that you were sent here. There are people who are saying, why are you here? There are people who are conspiring and fighting and saying, you will not remain here. We will make life as difficult for you as possible until we push you out of your mandate. We will do everything in our power to make sure you are not standing. Are you following? I hope you're relating it to whatever area of your life where God has sent you. It starts even as simple as even your family, within your family. I know different people go through different stuff. And sometimes, you know, let me take, let me give an example of marriage. Amen. Sometimes you are, you know, you go through stuff and you are tired. And you get to the place where you're like, it's better for me, for my mental health. Amen to just remove myself from this situation or from this place. And this is not, um, I'm not saying everyone who did not remain, there's something, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the enemy will fight you even within that mandate you have. In that home, he will Fight. and almost begin to make you feel that you are not even, you know, you are not the right fit in this place. Amen. It could be in your home. It could be at work. It could be wherever. But what God said to you yesterday there are things God has spoken to me about concerning even my family. And then I start seeing things that don't look anything like what God has said. Is there anyone that knows what I'm talking about? And when I begin to see those things, it's possible for you to say, you know what? I just take my hands off this. But I say, no, I have a mandate 
to stand as a watchman over those children, over those marriage. Are you following? I, I, I'm, this God sent me here. He positioned me. Where has he positioned you? He positioned you and he's saying to you, I've not changed my mind. And it's important for you to know that God has not changed his mind. How else are you going to be able to fight? How else are you going to be able to stand? The Bible says Jesus went about doing good. Amen. The son of man, he went about doing good for God was with him. But you know what was interesting about that? Everywhere Jesus went, when he was going about doing good, going about his mission, he always had people who were there to find a way to kill him. When he was going around on his mission, yeah? When he was going around as one who had been sent by God to go heal the sick, proclaim liberty, and all the things he was on assignment to do. And every single time he gathered or he, or, or he went and people gathered, there were people who were just waiting and watching to try and stop the mission. There are people who are waiting and watching to stop you. I know you're very nice. I know you're likable. <laughs> you may look at someone else and say, I, I'm, I'm not surprised everyone is trying to stop her. I, I'm not surprised, you know, the way that person is. But Jesus... Jesus was being stopped or, or they were trying to stop him from his mission. Who are you that the enemy will not work at stopping? <laughs> Hallelujah. Taking my time. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Matthew 10. 16 to 20, I'll read from here. It says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. I've read that already, right? It says, I'm sending you into that big, bad world. Jesus is saying, don't stop what you're doing. But there's a scripture I want to read. I'm trying to find it. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Thank you, Lord. Your mandate has not changed. What you asked me to do has not changed. What he sent you to do has not changed. Your position has not changed. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. I think I, I'm, I've mixed up my scriptures. Um, Matthew chapter 12 is where I want to read now. Matthew chapter 12, bear with me. Matthew chapter 12, 
verse 9, from verse 9. Now, when he had departed from there, he went into the synagogue and behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? That what? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath that, that they might accuse him? And he said to them, what man is, um, is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful <laughs> to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as others. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him that they might destroy him. They wanted to trap him. All right? In the synagogue. In the holy place. Wanted to trap him. And asked him, is it lawful for you to do this? And he said, yes, my mandate is more important than your religious celebration. Are you following? I'm saying to you today that even when Jesus went about doing good, went about carrying out his mandate, even religious people, even church people stood against him. I don't want you to sit here and think, I wonder what's happening, you know, Pastor, Pastor Uba, maybe there's some things happening. Church people are standing against her and stuff like that, you know. Amen. Don't be confused about what I'm saying this morning. Are, are we paying attention? This is what God asked me to tell you. Can, can we not keep staring at the tissues? <laughs> He's saying to us today that even if the accusation, even if the fight is coming from your household, it has not changed the mission. It has not changed the mandate. Even if the fight, the resistance is coming from your household. It has not changed what he has said. And my mandate is so strong that it does not matter what religion is saying. And that's what Jesus showed them. Remember the man by the pool of Bethesda? When Jesus saw him and asked him if he was going to be healed or wanted to be healed and he had some stories but that was not the point. Jesus did what asked him, take up your bed and walk. Here's the thing. Every time I look at Jesus, he was busy. He was going, going about fulfilling his mandate. Every time you read in scripture, 
Jesus was going somewhere, reaching someone, touching someone, fulfilling what was written about him. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus continued on his journey doing that. And when he faced opposition, it did not stop him. When he faced threats, it did not stop him. He said, take up your bed and walk. And they started harassing the guy. Who asked you to take up your bed? Do you not know it's the Sabbath? Why are you going? Why, why is this happening? No work should be done. No good work should be done. And you find that later on, when he, because initially he said, I don't know who he is. <laughs> and then he discovered, oh, this is Jesus. And he told them, and what did they do? They sought to kill him. The fact that people are fighting you does not mean you are in the wrong. There's specific people that I'm speaking to this morning that the Lord sent this word to. The fact that they keep fighting you when you are doing what God has called you to do, it does not mean you are doing anything wrong because the religious people will stop you. The government will stop you. You read it in the scripture. Anyone who can stop you will stop you. The gates of hell will try to stop you. But the Bible says it will not prevail against you. This is a word of hope for somebody this morning. For somebody who is about to throw in the towel. This is a word saying to someone in this house who is saying is not working. There's too much opposition. I'm, I'm pushing, but the crowd are pushing against me. I'm trying, but everything is working against me. It's working so fiercely against me that I'm almost wondering if I'm on the right path. Have you been there? And he's saying to you, where I have placed you is the path for you. What I've asked you to do, I have not asked you to leave it. Stay on the path that I've called you to. Stay on the path. Remain on the path. I laughed. I laughed because I just saw that this word is going to be tested very soon in someone's life. It's going to be tested very soon. Very soon. I don't know how soon. Very soon is going to be tested. But God prepared it for you ahead of time. It's going to be tested. And it is possible that when it's tested, you can miss out on destiny because you felt inadequate. You felt everything is pushing against me. I don't think I can continue. This word is going to be tested. And when it's tested, I want you to be like that prevailing woman. That woman who said to me, God placed me here. God called me. 
God assigned me. It is one thing for people to see you and they just don't talk to you. Yeah? You go to work and, and this one doesn't talk to you. That, that's small business. It is another thing when they are plotting your downfall. It is another thing when they're trying to destroy your house. It is another thing when they say, let us see how we can remove this person. And sometimes that removing is life. Do you not know what I'm talking about this morning? <laughs> Do you not understand what even happens, even in our nations, where people are taken out, where they are removed? But for you to be like Paul, who had an assignment, and every time, everywhere he went, they opposed him. Threats of death. Threat. They kidnapped him. Scourged him. Did all sorts of things to him. But he did not stop because he understood that he had a mandate from God. What keeps me is the word of God I heard many years ago. Because if it's opposition, I know what it is. If it is the gates of hell, I know what it is. But what keeps me is I heard God. He gave me a mandate. He called me into this. And let me tell you, it does not mean that you will not have times when you're like, yes, Lord, you called me, but since you haven't sorted out the way and made everyone on the path like me and, and straightened the crooked people on this path, since you've not done that, I'm going to find something else to do. Everyone has their experience. I speak to a lot of people. And I understand what it's like when God has shown you something or he says, this is where I'm placing you or this is what I want you to do. And, and you're positioned there and you have all kinds of things happen to you there. And then everyone around you says, it can, you cannot be of God then. God could not have called you. With everything Paul went through, we should be saying that man was really Saul. He was just pretending that he had had an encounter. Are you following? <laughs> he was acting. He wasn't really converted. Because if that guy was converted... Why would he go through the things he went through? If that guy was converted, why would all hell keep breaking loose? 
If that guy was converted, how, what, what, what is all this? You go from one problem to the other, from shipwreck to viper to... You know. How is it that God called me and I said, yes, Lord. And after saying, yes, Lord, nothing is working. How is it that I said, yes, Lord, and after saying, yes, Lord, everything that can spoil will spoil. <laughs> it's like someone who says, when the Lord, because there are people who are called, your mandate is in different areas. Hey, apostle of in the marketplace and, and all kinds of things. And maybe God has put in your hands, you know, the ability to give. You, you, you know when I say give, it's not the one we put in the bag, the offering bag. You're following. There's some people God has given the ability and has said to them, this is what I want you to do. And it is as soon as they've said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, everything I have, I will give. What you say I should give, I'll give. All of a sudden, your heart is in the right place, but your bank account. And then when that happens to your bank account, then you begin to say, I have to be wise. Because we have to be wise, isn't it? Wise as serpents. <laughs> Without recognizing, without being able to see that what is happening is the gates of hell. That is trying to prevail against your mandate and against your assignment. What if this assignment, what God has called you to do, that you continue to do and you strive and you push and you keep doing it. What if you do it until the day you die? What if for you it has always been a push? You know, this is not um, that motivational message that you're, you're, you're pu we're pushing it through. I'm just saying, the records show, I think Paul, I don't know what they did to him, killed, burned, whatever it was they did to him. Think of Stephen, stoned. What? And I'm not speaking that over anyone. See how quickly we said amen. <laughs> not even speaking it over myself. <laughs> but I'm saying, what if you, you keep pushing and you stand and keep saying, I will keep standing. And no matter what comes against me, no matter the opposition, I will keep pushing. I will keep pushing. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, one day there will be peace on every side. But you find that you have to fight. Because, you know, there are people that have said, but pastor, why does it always have to be hard? I feel like I'm fighting all the time. Who's been there? I feel like I'm always fighting. 
You're always fighting because the enemy of your faith is constantly fighting. He's also not resting. He's also pushing. So what if I have to keep doing what I'm doing and I I fight all the way to the end? Fight the good fight of faith. No matter what pushes up against you, your mandate has not changed. And I understand that we get weary. Amen. Because people cannot be coming against us that way and we're just like, yeah, there's a small fry. Maybe it's small fish that is coming against you. Yeah. There's certain levels of opposition you can get that, yes, you are standing in faith, but at the same time, you're like, "Ah, I'm I'm tired, Lord. Can I say God is not angry with you for being weary? Amen. He's not angry. (laughs) I was praying, I think it was two weeks ago with Sis Noni, we were praying, and you know, praying for the service and all of that. And, and, and the Lord brought a scripture, I think it's in Isaiah 42, where he says, uh, bruised reed, I will not break. Thank you, Jesus. You know, pastor has said several times that it is the church that shoots its wounded. Yeah? When you are at war. When we should be carrying you out and making sure you are in safety. Where we're like, you are no use to us. If you are gardening, for instance, and you see something, you know, a plant or whatever, that is broken, and you have several others, it just... And, and get it out of the way. Or if you just have even flowers in your house and you see that one is already looking tired, what do you do? You pull it out of that water and throw it out. But the Bible says to me that a bruised reed I will not crush. Some translation says I will not crush. But what is interesting about being bruised is that being bruised sometimes is not just being wounded. Being bruised can be, you know, when you have meat or, f- or food, where they are bruising it, they are pounding it. Being bruised can mean that you've been so pounded that you've been going through. You know how we say we're, um, I've been going through. You've been going through for so long. You've been pounded. And he says to you, I will not break a bruised reed. I will not discard the one that has been pounded. I will not see the one who is tired. 
the one who is feeling like I can't, I, I, you know, I'm just tired now. I'm tired. I'm tired. He's not going to say, since you're tired, get out of the way. Let people who have the energy and the stamina to do it, do it. No. Instead, he brings life to you. He takes that reed as fragile. Sometimes we don't know how to deal with people when they're fragile. Sometimes we don't know how to deal with people when they're going through stuff. You say, where have you been? Where, where have you? I, I can see your backsliding. Yeah, maybe they have backslidden even. But you don't know where they've been. You don't know the battle. You don't know the fight. You don't know how the enemy has been coming against them. And what is needed at that time is tender love. Is being able to say to them, yes, you've been wounded. Yes, you've been bruised. But the potter wants to put you back together. You know, I like how in the church setting, right? I like how in church, a lot of times, we talk about, oh, people have been hurt in the church. Yeah? It's not a lie. You think we have not been hurt in the church? Hello? If I have to go, with what I'm seeing in scripture, Jesus going about doing good and having all kinds of people following him just to see how to accuse him, following him just to see what to do. Then I'm not sure of you people here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I'm not, that means here, yeah, mixed multitude, there's still people that say, did you hear what she said? Eh. Meanwhile, what am I doing? I'm doing good. I know I'm doing good. But he may not feel that way. I'm saying, he said, think about a candle that, that is going out. That is, you know, a lamp that just smoke. He says, I want just completely. Especially when he sees that heart that you have. He knows you are tired, but he that searches the heart, nobody else searches the heart. They see your tiredness or they see you being exhausted from the fight. And they're like, but is this person a person of faith? He that searches, he knows and he's like making sure that your candle does not go out. That the light, that it may be smoking. You know, when he's smoking, is like over. But he's still finding a way. He knows how to put it together so that it does not go out. He has not changed your mandate. He has not called you back from what he asked you to do. 
The family he sent you into, he did not say come out. He has not said all Listen, but he understands that you are broken. Amen. And he understands when you are weary. Even while you're on, assi on assignment. Amen. If you look at 1 Kings chapter 19, it's a long read. Or you look at 1 Kings chapter 19 and you think of, of the prophet of God, Elijah. A great man. If you look in the previous scripture in 18, but we don't have to go there now. You will see the exploits. You will see a man that with a sword killed how many prophets of Baal? How many? She's like, I don't know. There were many. <laughs> the reason why I'm asking, I'm waiting to hear is because I, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> no, he killed 400 of them about that number. And I'm just thinking, so one man killed that many. You understand? Elijah. A man that outran chariots or chariot, Ahab's chariot. You know what it is to outrun horses? Elijah, a man that closed the heavens. And when he was ready, he opened it. <laughs> a man that met a, 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 a widow who was in the time of famine, who was about to eat her last cake with her son, and that was it. That by his word, she was sustained throughout famine. A man that, a woman... The woman that hosts him whenever he's around, her son died. And he's like, not under my watch. And make sure she came back to life. Exploits upon exploits upon exploits upon exploits. Opposition upon opposition Upon opposition, upon opposition. Let's look at, let's read the scripture, hey, the whole. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. When I think of this execution, I, I just wonder, hey, you know, because I don't think 400, you know, it's a sword, it's not a machine gun. So what were they my turn? They start, my, I, you know, <laughs> I'm just trying to picture how they were and 400 people, one after the other. They, anyway, that's just by the way, let's go back. <laughs> then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as a life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. Let me pause. 
because this man is like us, like passion. You could have gone through stuff where, you know, most of us know, don't kill yourself. But they're like, God, kill me. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people have said that, but the prophet of God said, prayed, prayed that he might die. What happened to him a few days before then? What, what, what was he doing a few days before then? He was fulfilling mandate. He was calling down fire. He was doing what he knew God called him to do. Are you following? And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. for I'm no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. I like this. You know, when he was complaining or saying, I want to die, I want to die. And if you keep reading that scripture, you will see where the Lord said to him when he was saying, I'm all alone. And God was telling him the different people, you know, Elisha, all of those people, Jehu and all that, that were there. Don't think you're alone. But God could have said to him, you want to die? Maybe you should die because I have Elisha. Yeah? I have other people more suitable than you. You are not even great. After everything I used you to do, you're, you're asking to die. You killed with a sword 400 men. And then a woman says, I will kill you. And you run, but yet you want to die. Running away from the death and, and I still say, <laughs> I want to die. God did not rebuke him. This is a word for you, for, you know, to know your God who is merciful, your God who loves you, your God who has not changed his mind about you. He didn't say to him, why, why are you asking to die? Don't, what kind of behavior is that? Nothing. He just sent an angel. Feed him. Feed, feed my prophet, please. He's weary. Sent an angel. Do you know how much that guy has been taking? Do you know the work he has been doing? Feed him, please. You know, sometimes there's a way we read scripture where we're thinking, we're reading anger into what is being written there. Meanwhile, we don't see compassion. We're not reading it with a voice of compassion. God wasn't angry. That his servant said, I'm tired. I'm burnt out. He says, feed him. On your assignment, as you continue to fight, there will be days you may feel like I cannot fight again. As you continue to move, as you continue to do what God has called you to do, as you recognize that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and you are doing and to do, to do, to do, and you are doing what the spirit of the Lord is upon you to do, there will be days where you are weary. There will be days when you are tired. And I want you to know God is not angry with your tiredness. He's not angry that you're weary. Instead, he sends angels before you. Are you an angel God can send? 
Are you the kind of person God can send to someone who is weary? Are you the kind of person that will have the right words? Listen, you know, you might be a tough person that you can have a kind of personality, but you also know when to speak gently to someone who is fragile. He sends an angel to feed. May God send you to feed someone. And someone is saying, I need to be fed. I cannot go and feed anybody just yet. You are being fed by this word. It is strengthening you. And twice, if we keep reading, because I want to end now. If we keep reading, you will see that he was fed again and went in the strength of that food for a very long time. And then the Lord now began to speak to him or came to speak to him. And, and you know, there was uh, uh, earthquake and fire and all of that that came. But the Lord did not speak through those things. He spoke through the still small voice. Because sometimes there are things you are going through that earthquake ministration is not it. Does it make sense that fire is not, is right now, that's not what I need. I need you to just hug me. That's ministration. I need you to just hold my hand and say, the God who called you, he's faithful to see you through. It may not always be fire and thunder. But he will see you through. He will feed you. He will give you that which you need to complete your mandate. So I'm praying this morning for everyone who, for whatever reason, have taken, just picture this to be your mandate. And you've taken it because like mine, it is worn, tired. And you've taken it and said, I've dropped it. I don't want it anymore. What the Lord has asked me to say to you is, I have not changed what I asked you to do. Pick it up again and keep going. No matter what fights and no matter what comes against you, you have a cloud of witnesses cheering you on, not just cheering you on, but they also know what you are going through because they've been through it and worse than you. I don't know anyone who has been in the lion's den and I don't know anyone who has been physically thrown into fire. A lot of the things they've been through, yes, we've been through stuff, ours is mental, my me mental, but they're people, they've gone through those physical things. And they're there and they're cheering us on. And they're saying, we were not stopped. We were not stopped. Though all of this happened, we were not stopped. We were not stopped. We kept going. We kept going. And I want you to keep going. Keep going. Stand up again. Pick up your mantle. Pick up 
that mandate again and say, I will keep going. Whatever it is he has called you to do in the marketplace, in your home, wherever, in the city, whatever he has called, even in the church, whatever he has called you to do, where you were like, I am tired. He's saying, I have not recalled you. Keep going strong. And I'm speaking grace over each one this morning. His grace is sufficient for you. When you are weary, when you are tired, when it feels like you are not seeing results, when it feels like everyone is against you, remember that the one who is for you is greater, bigger, mightier, more powerful than those that can be against you. And when they all gather for you, against you, they will fall for your sake. So you just stand up again and move. You just stand up and do good. Stand up and say, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to occupy this position. He has anointed me to speak this word. He has anointed me to do this, to do that, to bless. He has anointed me in this way. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And that spirit has not left me. Come on, do you want to stand on your feet even as you talk to the Lord? You know where you are, what sector, whatever it is. I've told you the general mandate to all of us is in Matthew where he says, go into the world, preach. But I also know that there are some private and personal mandates as well. And the things that have been coming against you, you want to be able to stand knowing, let there be a reinforcement. I'm praying now. Let there be a reinforcement on your inside of the mandate God has given you. Let there be a reinforcement in the name of Jesus. Let there be a reinforcement. Let there be a grounding. If the foundations, if things have been shaken, because you see, earthquake upon earthquake upon earthquake. Beating upon beating upon beating upon beating has a way of affecting you. But I'm speaking a reinforcement to your root, to the very word that the Lord has spoken over you, to the very things that he has said, to your assignment, to your mandate. When he has said to you, this is what I want you to do, do it. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.